let's begin tonight in verse <clears throat> 25. So um, we, I don't have any overhead tonight. I'm going gonna, gonna to try to do something uh, a little different tonight and uh, I believe the Lord's going to help me with that. So um, amen. Let me read the passage and I'll explain to you what, what we're going to do. So um, let's, um, verse 25. Matthew 14 and 25, it says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Look at me for a minute before I go any further. Um, I just want to make sure that we get this said and I don't want to get lost in the notes, all right? The Word of God is living and powerful. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. John six sixty three, Hebrews four twelve. The Word of God is living and powerful. And what we know from Isaiah 55, and I mean, there's a whole, we could do a whole teaching on this um, tonight, but we're not going to do that. But I just want to mention that anytime... God speaks, the power to perform what he says is in his word. He sent his word and healed them. So one more time, anytime God speaks, the power to produce whatever it is he says um, is, is present in those words. There's power in the word of God to accomplish. There's power in the word of God to prosper. And, and so again, we do a two-hour teaching on this in discipleship class. But as I was reading back over uh, this passage and meditating on it, you know, today, I was thinking when Jesus said, come, the power, uh, you know, for Peter to walk on the water was, was in those words. And of course, faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We know that, <clears throat> that when Peter heard those words, the faith that was in him responded to those words and of course he acted faith without a corresponding action um, is dead he responded he acted on the words that Jesus uh, spoke to him the faith that rose up in him and as he stepped out he Peter began to walk on um, the water so Uh, Verse 29, so he said, come, and when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Now, what I want to try to do tonight is just communicate to you um, and, and, and share with you kind of a, a process, if you will, uh, in my life of how the Lord, you know, deals with me, speaks to me, teaches me, reveals things to me, however you want to say that. And most of the time, when the Lord speaks to me, it's within the context of me meditating on His Word. In other words, if, if you want to learn to hear the Lord's voice, and I think there are a few things more important for the child of God than to be able to 
hear from God, you know, when we make decisions for ourselves, when we make decisions that, you know, impact, impact our family, uh, you know, to be able to hear from him and be able to know that this is what he wants us to do and this is the direction he wants us to go and, 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 and this is, you know, the choice that we need to make. It's, it's such a, a, a critically important um, part of, of our lives, our growth, our development. Um, you know, I've often said that if, if the Lord can't speak to you, then how can he help you? And, and so we have his written word, and, and these are, you know, the inspired words of God. And I've learned that if you want to train your spirit ears, your inward man, to hear the voice of God, begin by listening to what he's already said to you in his word. And so <clears throat> when I'll take something that he said to me, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll be like just reading the Bible like you do, and, and there will be things that jump out. I don't know how else to say that other than it's like, man, okay. And, and I use the expression that it's something the Holy Spirit is breathing on. And, and the idea, the inward imagery for me when I say something he's breathing on, um, it would be like if you've got a, a, you know, a fire that looks like it's burned out and there's nothing there but ashes. But if you... You know, if you, if you blow, you know, the, the, all of a sudden there will be a place where the ashes will, will kind of blow away and there will be a little ember or a coal there that when you breathe on that, it starts to glow. It starts to heat up. It's reacting to, to that oxygen. And so as you study the Word of God, as you, as you read the Word of God uh, and make a commitment to do that, pay very close attention when you come to a, a, a part in the Word of God that seems to be glowing. And, and I don't, I'm not trying to get spooky on you. It, it's just like, man, there's something about the way that sounds. You know, there's different ways that, that, <clears throat> that breathing on something happens you, you know, in my life. Another way is like if I'm listening to either the Scriptures being read or if I'm listening to someone else teach from the Bible, um, you know, it may coincide with something that they're teaching on, or it may be a verse that, you know, they read five verses to get to number six, but the first three that they read, you know, it's like all of a sudden it starts to come alive. Again, the Holy Spirit breathing on that. And so when, when that happens, and I don't, it's sometimes these things are hard to put into words, but as you're reading, and there's something that the simplest way I know to say, it, it tends to stand out above all the others, that's a pretty good sign that the Holy Spirit is trying to say something to you through that passage. Remember, all Scripture is God-breathed, all right? That word inspired, Scripture's given by inspiration of God. Inspired means it's God-breathed, okay? And so everything that God has said, He has said with the idea of breathing something into your life. He's wanting his words to, to come alive inside of you. He's wanting to impart truth and, and, and wisdom uh, inside of you. And then also remember what his word does to the measure of faith that's in your heart. His word causes that, that faith to, to awaken, to arouse, to, 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 to be uh, provoked, um, if you will. Remember, King Agrippa heard uh, the word of God from the Apostle Paul, 
and faith that resided in him was awakened and aroused to the point that he says, Paul, you almost persuade me to uh, you know, become a Christian, to receive salvation. Now, um, th- this is something that I, I have uh, you know, practiced for years and years and years uh, in my life. And so I, was, I, I, I can't recall exactly, but I was listening to someone preach and teach from Matthew 14, and, and they read that phrase, why did you doubt? And, and it's like that was, you know, it, it had that experience where, you know, that question, and that was not what the particular teacher was teaching on, but they read that phrase, and when they read that phrase, it was like something, you know, um, Pastor Samuel from Hawaii uh, he, he says that there's oil on it, right? In other words, the Holy Spirit is, is, is um, you know, if, if oil's on something, it's shiny, right? It's, it's, it's noticeable. And, and so there was oil on that phrase, why did you doubt? And so I went, you know, to that passage and, and, and began to read it. And, and then I began to, um, to meditate on that passage. And, and this is, more so even than the content of, of what I received from the Holy Spirit through that time of meditating on that passage is I'm, I'm wanting to inspire and encourage you uh, to begin to develop this in your own life if, if you're not doing it already. Um, it's, it's important that you read the Word, and, and, I, and, and, and please do that. Um, it's, it's so uh, available today. Um, I, I have lots of, you know, paper copies of the Bible and I'm thankful for them. Uh, but you can also, you know, on your uh, tablet, your smartphone. Um, in other words, it's, it's, it's just, at least for us and what we enjoy here in this country, uh, it's readily available in multiple translations and, you know, different, you know, stuff that years ago I paid a lot of money for is free now you know, on the internet, which I'm thankful for that. I'm not, no, no uh, regret for that. Um, so there's lots of ways for you uh, to, to read the Bible. There are lots of ways for you to study the Bible. I can't think of a better resolution for 2021 than to spend more time in God's Word. But somewhere in between reading and studying, there's this thing called meditating. And meditating is when you take a uh, it can be a, a verse, it can be a phrase out of a verse, or it can be multiple verses that you know kind of all link together. Uh, for me, it works best if you know in meditating if if I can quote from memory uh, to myself um, what those verses are because that's where the, the meditating begins. Nothing wrong with reading it. Nothing wrong with having it in front of you. I'm not I'm not saying that, but. To be able to, when you're riding down the road, you know, obviously you don't need to be texting and driving. You don't need to be reading your Bible and driving. But when you're riding down the road where you can, because part of meditating a verse, uh, a passage, is to mutter to oneself. So obviously if you've committed it to memory. So again, now we've, we've talked about reading the Bible. We've talked about studying the Bible. We've talked about memorizing the Bible. Again, all three I highly, highly encourage. But... To me, one of the most important and impactful uh, parts of, of you know, getting God's Word 
you know, in your heart and in your life, it comes back to this, this whole idea of, of what we're instructed to do in the Scripture, and that's meditating, meditating, muttering to oneself. Now, <clears throat> the way this works for me, and you know, let God deal with you how He deals with you, but the way this works for me is I begin to think about a verse... I'll do one of two things, and a lot of times they kind of merge and go back and forth from one another. But one of the things that I do is I just look at the verse and begin, as I'm meditating, I begin to ask questions. Begin to, you know, just I try to figure out every kind of question that I can ask about the verse, okay? And, um, and then as, as I start coming up with all these different questions about the verse, then I'm like, well, Lord, you know, What's the answer to that question about this particular passage? And so then it's like he, you know, not audible voice, but in my spirit, um, he'll begin to show me how, you know, that question about that verse is answered by this verse. And so next thing you know, you start, you know, this tapestry begins to develop and, and the Lord begins to, you know, you know, show you, you know, these different things about the passage. The, the second way, so you've got the question factor, okay, um, what does this mean? What does this mean to me? What are you trying to say to me about this verse? Um, what, what is in this verse that um, I need to know, that I need to do, that I need to see, that I'm not seeing now? You, you, you know, those, those types of questions, uh, because ultimately you're, you're wanting to incorporate it into your life. You're wanting the Word of God to become personalized to you. So it's not just something that he says to everybody, but there's something in that verse that, especially if it's one you're reading that begins to stand out to you, there's something in that verse that he's wanting to say to you specifically. That, you know, it, it could be something that he's wanting to correct. It could be something that he's wanting to, to uh, open your eyes to. It could be that he's trying to show you something because it's not just an answer for you, but it's an answer for somebody else that he wants you know, you to share um, with that person. How many times over the years have, uh, have people come up to me after a sermon, after a message, and, and they'll say something like, I read that verse yesterday, or, um, you know, I was, I was thinking about that verse this morning. Um, that's a question that I've had. Of, in other words, that's the Holy Spirit, right? He's not just you know, speaking to you and showing you things, but at the same time, there, there are other people around you that, um, you know, he, he will be showing things to and, 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 and speaking uh, to them as well um, about these things. Now, the other way that I like to meditate on, on passages um, is <clears throat> similar to asking the questions, but in, in this particular approach to meditating on a passage is I like to see how many different things I can find in that passage. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, and, and so there are going to be questions, you know, you know you're, you're inquiring, inquiring minds want to know, right? But, you know, it's like, okay, what's in here that I've never seen before? Um, and now a lot of times when I do it this way, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. Again, laying in bed at night. When the, when the enemy's trying to keep you from sleeping at night, meditate on the Word of God, okay? When you're driving down the road, you know, don't just sit there and, you know, listen to, 
the news or whatever, spend some time. You know, the Bible says we've got to redeem the time because the days are evil. Redeeming time means, you know, making the most of, of, of the time that you have been given and have been, have been allotted, okay? Um, <clears throat> now, this is where technology, though, has really helped me um, because uh, my uh, iPhone will uh, either record... So, you know, I've got an app on there where I can push a button and just begin to talk, and it'll, it'll record me talking. Because a lot of times what you're going to find when you begin to meditate on the Word of God like this, um, if you'll be persistent in it, um, you'll eventually hit what I call a gusher, right? It's kind of like, you know, when they're drilling for oil, they'll drill and they'll drill and they'll drill and they'll drill, and then all of a sudden, you know, the gusher. And, and so um, when you hit that gusher... Okay, that's that's when the Lord begins to speak to you, um, especially like if if you're driving faster than you can write it down. I mean, so you don't need to be writing when you're driving, um, but if you're sitting in your office or sitting in your easy chair at your house or what or what have you, so that's when I'll grab the the iPhone and I'll just begin to have this conversation with the Lord, but it's being recorded. Okay, now. Um, Obviously, there's reasons that you want to record things because um, if if you're having an experience in the Word of God and the and the and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, um, then it's important. Amen. <laughs> it's important, and so it ought to be important enough for you to want to capture that. All right. And the other thing that I have learned is um, if you will value what He tells you, He'll tell you some more stuff. If, if, you'll, if, if you'll, you know, treat it with enough respect and, 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 and value, um, then you can rest assured uh, you're, you're proving yourself to be someone that he can trust um, with, with the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And so he, he will begin uh, to, to show you more things. Um, Brother Keith Moore talks about one day when he was like, you know, all the things the Lord has, has shown him, and he was just overwhelmed by it. And he's like, he's like, Lord, why, why me? Why have you, you know, shown me and decided to choose, you know, chosen me to, you know, reveal these things to me? He said, I did it, Keith, because I knew you would appreciate it, right? I knew you would appreciate it. Now, we could go into a whole sermon, sermon series on what it means to be a steward of the mysteries of, 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 of heaven and, and the mysteries of the kingdom, mysteries of the gospel, right? But a, a, someone who stewards something, so when the Holy Spirit's revealing something to you, um, to steward it means to treat it with, with respect, with honor. And so you want to you try to capture uh, those things um, in some way, all right? Now, <clears throat> the other thing that I do with the technology is <clears throat> my phone will convert what I say and, and you know, te- text from speech. So as I'm sitting there talking, it's doing the typing for me, right? And, and so more recently, because what I used to do, this was back before smartphones existed, um, and some of you have heard me, you know, uh, from time to time, young pastors and people feel called to ministry. You know, they, 
they, they asked me, Pastor Mark, teach me how to preach. I'm like, I'm not sure that I'm the person you need to ask this because, uh, you know, I've never been formally trained. But I used to carry around like this micro cassette recorder, right? And I didn't have a smartphone to do it, so I would, I would do what I'm telling you now, but I would do it into a micro cassette recorder. Then I would play the, the cassette tape back and take written notes from what um, I... Uh, I put on the recorder, and then those written notes would become the sermon notes that I would then preach again into the recorder. Anyway, but technology is a, is a wonderful thing. So more recently what I do is, as, as the Lord's speaking these things to me, um, and I can do this driving down the road because the phone's sitting there in, in the console, you know, and, and just, you know, say what he's saying to me, all right? And, and that's how I, I capture it and, and steward it. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, it's page after page after page. And so I'm not going to say all of that, but, but a good bit of that um, becomes um, uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, it, it, it becomes the pool, if you will, of notes that I then begin to pull from and, and assemble Sermons and, and and things like that. From is this is this making? Am I? Bo- I don't want to bore you with this, but I really I felt I felt led that I needed to go this route tonight. And so, what time is? It? Oh, praise God! So, the the particular passage that that we've you know that includes the question, why did you doubt? Um, you know, I have. Uh, I don't know, lots and lots and lots of notes, um, you know, where, and sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and the, and, and the Lord will just, you know, early in the morning, listen to me, don't, I know morning times are busy for a lot of us trying to get all that, there's something about early in the morning when your mind is clear, you wake up with the Lord on your mind, um, it's like it's easier to hear from Him, and I, I, you can hear from Him anytime, 24-7, but there's something about when the day is fresh and the and the, you know the sun hadn't come up yet and it's still quiet. Um, I don't know. You you pray about that and see what the Lord would say to you on that. But um, I'm, I've about ran out of time. But we can jump back in here next week. So um, here is kind of a glimpse into, and that's why I don't have any slides tonight because I just I just have. Um, you know, the, one of those conversation things that uh, I, I just pulled over onto my iPad. And where the Lord took me in this whole meditating, muttering, taking notes. Um, see, let's go back to, and this might be the most important thing we've said tonight, and, and that's training your spiritual ear to hear His voice. So, when you know he's breathing on something from his written word, and you know he's trying to say something to you, um, you know, in in that passage, then begin to ask him that. But then after you ask him, get still and quiet, okay, and 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 listen to what comes into your. See, you'll learn to distinguish the difference between his voice and your voice, okay. But then. What, what he says to you about that, and, and it'll be a still small voice inside of you, okay? So when he begins to, to you know, you, you ask him, 
like, you know, this question or this thought or your medi- you know, what does this mean? What are you trying to say to me? Then get real still and quiet. And then whatever comes to your mind, and you'll, you will, you can't do this riding down the road unless you do it, like I said, recording it. Um, but, you know, if you're sitting at your kitchen table, whatever comes to your mind, however, even if it seems silly, write it down. Okay? Now, I'm not saying everything that comes to your mind and everything you write down is going to be from the Holy Spirit. Some of it's going to be uh, from you. Some of it's going to be from eating too much pizza the night before, okay? Um, but write it down. Because more times than not, though, it's going to be Him speaking to you, okay? So when you write that down, it's amazing how that will lead you to this, and then this will lead you to that over there. And, and the next thing you know, you're having a conversation with Him and the Holy Spirit is doing one of the key things that the Holy Spirit has been given to you to do. Teach you. Teaching you. And when He teaches you something, right? It, I, I, listen, I'm a teacher, all right? But I certainly defer to Him. In other words, when He teaches you something, uh, and, and, and that's even what I pray that He does when you're here or online, you know, listening to something that I'm preaching or teaching, that while I may be speaking, the most important thing is that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you while I'm speaking to you. And, and again, to just give glory to the Lord about this, you know, I can't tell you the number of times over the years somebody comes up to me and says, Pastor Mark, when you said so-and-so, so-and-so, that, that just it hit me right between the eyes. That, that just spoke so powerfully and so deeply to me, right? Here's the problem with that. I didn't say what they said I said. Those words never came out of my mouth. But why did they think I said it? Because when I'm here saying one thing, the Holy Spirit's taking what I'm saying and He is directly applying it to them on a personal individual level so much so that they think I said it to them. I didn't say it to them. The Holy Spirit said it to them. And those words weren't even in my notes. Those words, you go play. The, I, don't, I don't shoot somebody down. I'm just saying. I could tell them, though, go play the tape. You'll never hear me say that. It was the Holy Spirit who was teaching you. He's our teacher. Amen. Pastor Bill Winston says, he won't let me teach you, okay? In other words, the idea is if you're really being taught, it's not just somebody that's doing it. It's ultimately the Holy Spirit um, in, the, in, in the end that is, that is our teacher, okay? Now, what I believe the Lord has shown me in Matthew, the 14th chapter, is, and I, I was going to go through this, but, amen, I, we're just running low on time and it would take a while but anyway if I could just cut to the chase though and I'll show you later how we together the Holy Spirit brought me to this conclusion is that Jesus was given the same measure of faith that has been given to every human being. So we understand that Peter walked on the water by faith. How do we know that? Well, we know that because when doubt undermined his faith and weakened his faith, he began to sink. The thing that was holding him up was faith. And when doubt um, you know, began to uh, chisel away at it, um, he began to sink. And Jesus pointed that out. Um, why did you doubt? 
it was obvious that Peter doubted. Why was it obvious that Peter doubted? It was obvious that Peter doubted because um, Peter sank. In other words, Peter didn't say, I'm doubting, I'm doubting, somebody catch me. No, but the fact that he was doubting was clear. If to no one else, it was certainly clear to Jesus. All right. Now, again, meditating, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of show you here. I've always understood, I say always, for a long time, I've understood and believed that Peter walked on the water by faith. I've never considered, though, up until now or up until the last couple of weeks, is that that's exactly how Jesus did it as, as well. It wasn't that Peter walked on the water by faith and Jesus walked on the water by some other means or by some other method. In other words, Peter did it exactly how Jesus did it. Are you following me? Which I think comes down to there's only one way to walk on water, right? It's by faith. Nothing else is powerful enough um, to enable you or me or anybody else to overcome the laws of nature, gravity, if you will, um, and walk on water. So it's one thing for us to say, well, you know, Peter walked on the water by faith, but not Jesus. Jesus walked on water because he's Jesus, and that's just what Jesus does. No, remember, Jesus became a man and dwelt among us. And everything that he did on this earth, he did as a man in right standing with God, full of the Holy Spirit. We could even carry this a, 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 a step further going back into the, into the Old Testament. Remember that when God created Adam, mankind, that he crowned mankind with glory and honor. And we know that that glory and honor crown that was put on Adam's head, that he fell short of that crown when he sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We also know that when Jesus left heaven, so I'm just, uh, this is way down in my notes, but in other words, this is how, when, when I talk about the gusher, right, now all of a sudden it's like, you know, faster than I can dictate it in, you know, to the smartphone, you know, because all these pieces now are starting to come together because, you know, again, just meditating, well, Peter walked on water by faith, and it's like the Holy Spirit says, well, well how did Jesus do it then? And so that's, there's the question, right? I'm like, well, I want to say because he's Jesus, because that's always what I've thought. But Jesus did what he did as a man. Remember, Jesus, the Bible, this is the part that I, I think a lot of people get hung up on. Thankfully, the Lord's brought us well past this here in our family faith and heritage, is that the Bible's very clear in Hebrews that what Jesus did for us, he had to become a man in order for it to count for us. It would have been nothing for Jesus to take the keys uh, as the eternal Son of God away from the devil. But that would have left you and me out of the, the, the victory parade, right? Because Jesus did it as a man... Because Jesus won victory over the devil as a man, he now can pass that victory on to other human beings, to other men and women, men with a womb, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, praise God. Are you following what I'm saying here? In other words, it would have been, I mean, Jesus, the eternal Son of God, he, I mean, when Satan fell like lightning, I mean, it was nothing for him to be removed uh, from heaven when he was at his highest and best. And he ain't what he used to be. So for Jesus to have done it as the eternal son of God, he would, you know, I mean, he cast devils out with the finger of God. I mean, it's like God hardly has to lift a finger to, to just throw them into the ocean. So 
Jesus became a man and did it as, as a man, right? Um, <laughs> somewhere in my notes, and sometimes I get a little silly, and the Holy Spirit has a sense of humor as well. But, you know, it's not like Jesus had some secret stash. It, it, there, there was no, like, you know, he put some secret sauce on his faith and, 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 and ramped it up and amplified it. No. Everything Jesus did on this earth, he did as a man. He did as one of us. He did as you. He did as me. And he, and he set the example. And so from here, the Holy Spirit takes me to John 14, 12. Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do also in even greater works than I do. If Jesus had some secret sauce that, that's not available to us mere mortals, then how can we ever do what he did? My brother, my sister, we can do what he did tonight. And by the way, he did what he did by faith. We can do what he did by faith because what he did by faith, he did with the same measure of faith that's been given to you and me. That's why Peter did what Jesus did. Peter walked on water the same way Jesus walked on water, by faith. Same measure of faith that was given to Peter. Same measure of faith that was given to Jesus as a man. That's why Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. It's the God kind of faith that that every one of us had. Well, amen, I could just go on and on tonight. I'm out of time. So, thank you, Jesus. Let me give you a couple of verses. Romans 12 and 3. For I say through the grace given to me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Did Jesus become a man? It's not a trick question. Yes, he became a man. Has God the Father dealt to every man the measure of faith? Yes, he has. So if Jesus became a man and dwelt among us, he was not left out of being dealt the measure of faith. So one last thing. I said a couple of verses. Let's just stop there. But let me go back to Adam was crowned with glory and honor. When he sinned, he fell short of the glory of God. In other words, he lost his crown. When Jesus came to this earth, he took the crown of glory that he wore, which is different from the crown of glory that was given to man. The crown of glory that Jesus wore was to rule the universe. He took that crown off, set it on his throne. The Bible says he emptied himself of everything that, that, that made him God, divested himself is, is, the, is the technical language from the Greek, of everything that made him God. He humbled himself and became a man, and he came to this earth. Okay? And what did he do? Because he had not sinned and he had not fallen short of the glory of God, he picked up Adam's crown as the last Adam. He put on Adam's crown and did on this earth um, what Adam was always intended to be able to do uh, by faith with that crown of glory. Remember in John 17 he says what? He says, Father, I long for the day that those who love me can see me return to my glory in heaven. He didn't carry Adam's crown back to heaven with him. He's put that crown on my head and on your head now. The same glory that the Father has given to him, John 17 says, that he has now given that glory to you and me. The same love that the Father loved Jesus with, he now loves you and me with. What we see in Scripture, and we'll make this point next time we're together on Wednesday night, is what? Everything that was available to Jesus to fulfill his destiny. 
in the Father's kingdom has been made available to you and me, including the same measure of faith. Amen. All right, stand with me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for our time together tonight. Thank you for the things that you're helping us see and helping us understand. And Father, I'm convinced that you know the questions that we have, the the, the situations that, that we face in life, the, the decisions that we need to make. Um, Father, the Holy Spirit who dwells within us um, is, is there. He has those answers, and He is uh, eager uh, to share them with us. And so, Father, I pray that, that tonight um, we would have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hearts to understand the things that you long to say um, to us, your people. Father, the things that you speak to us collectively uh, as a whole, as a family of faith, but then also, Father, the things that you long to speak to us personally and individually. And so, Father, the, the key, I'm convinced, um, is that it begins with your word. It begins, Father, by hearing what you're saying to us through your written word, and then, Father, the Holy Spirit coming alongside and, 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 and taking those things to, to other levels, speaking to us about things, Father, and personalizing things um, in our lives. And so, Lord, um, our prayer is that 2021, this new year, as we commit ourselves, Father, to more time with you, more time in your word, uh, that, we, that we'll, we'll certainly read it, we'll certainly study it, we'll, we'll certainly memorize it, um, but, Father... Uh, that we would also learn uh, this uh, biblical art of meditation. So, Father, as we go our separate ways, we thank you for your blessing upon us. We thank you for your protection. Um, Father, some names that were presented to me before uh, church of, of friends of this house or, or people that attend church here, uh, you know, that, that, that they know that may not have necessarily attended here, but there's some personal connection, Father, to these individuals that are struggling um, with COVID virus. Father, we pray for healing. We pray for uh, restoration and speedy recovery for them. Um, Father, what will we say to these things? Well, Lord, there's a whole bunch, but the main thing we're going to say tonight is that these men and women will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of God. And so, Lord, we thank you for your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, you go in peace. Thank you for being with us tonight. Uh, remember your 2021 calendar. We've got plenty. If you know, if you've got a great aunt or you know somebody that really likes uh, uh, paper calendars, feel free to grab them, uh, and you be blessed. Amen.